this the Kingdom Way program. And first thing I want to let you know is share this program. You're on here. Uh, we're going to have a fantastic time with Apostle Calvin Cook. I'm uh, I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. But share it. Share it on Facebook. Share it wherever it is that you, you uh, uh, share it with your friends and stuff. Because what Apostle Cal is going to bring forth and what we're continuing on this series and we will continue until God says that we're finished. And it's the tabernacle being lived out. So without any further ado or anything else from me, I was just letting you know, he will be here until God says that we're finished. Uh, um, anyway, Apostle Calvin, welcome. Hey, Apostle Baker, <laughs> good to be with you again. God bless you. Did you, did you like that intro? Yeah, I heard what you said too. <laughs> you said until God say so. I think he's getting a little help too. But praise God anyway. We're here and I love being with you. So praise God. Let's let's let this train roll today. Yeah. What's in your heart? What what we were talking about the last time we were talking about the kingdom of God in us. We were also we were talking about the fact of how the tabernacle, how people live this life. And so this is where I want you to pick up and, and just 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 go for it. Well, I I, I want to uh, really, uh, we have church the way we have church and, and we are the church, you know that. We're not going to church. Uh, the church is not a building. It's a, it's a people that are being built up to become a holy habitation unto God. We got to get that straight. Otherwise we'll be frustrated uh, about our buildings and lack of buildings. And we'll go to church growth conferences trying to copy somebody else's process of growth and miss the whole time that we were supposed to be developing as people to be a holy habitation unto God, not a building itself and making it fine. So everybody flies in to see what we've done and forget the work of God's hand that he's doing. That's why, the Bible tells us clearly that he's in us to willing to do of his good. He's working. He's doing a work and he's not. Now I'm going to show you today what we talk about uh, that we teach from a completed work that Christ completed the work. Now uh, I, I want you to see what this means today. When we talk in the tabernacle, I can reveal to you what a completed work looks like. And I think if we see the completed work in, in, in terms of the mind of God, when he says, Okay, you guys, you're not working for healing. You're working from healing. You're not working for salvation. You're working from what I've offered you as out from salvation. And so you're not in an effort of ergon using energy to get something from me, but you're using your energy to discover what I've already done for you. And then to join in the process of the flow of what God is doing. And I think we we we're still sort of like work. Uh, oriented that we have to do something for God to prove something to God to prove something to people to earn our salaries to earn our way to earn 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 and that works and dead work mentality we've dragged it into the kingdom and that that's like dragging a bag of dirt behind because it has no value in terms of the kingdom because in a kingdom and in a domain the king provides all of the resources for its citizens. The army is provided. The provision is fine. He says, take no thought for what you're gonna, where you're gonna lay your head. Take no thought on what you're gonna wear. 
take no thought on what you're going to eat. So what God is saying, when you come into kingdom, the only place your mind should be is with cooperation with his mind about your assignment in the earth because he's taking care of all the other things that the natural man has to concern himself about. And we don't believe that. That's why our prayer doctrines are around getting things from the earth rather than getting things that have already been provided come on the, the spiritual blessings in heavenly places which are in, found in Christ Jesus, not in heaven. Now, what, let, let me just say this before I get into the teaching. It, does it make sense for God to hide things in heaven when we live on the earth? Wouldn't you think that if we had an army of people or citizenship that lived in the earth, that he would provide for those citizens based on their location, location, location? Yes. And that location happens to be in Christ. So my provision isn't coming out of a place that I'm not aware of. The, provi the provision of God and the promises of God are yes and amen in him. Where? In Christ is where the, the heavenly bl blessings are realized and discovered in Christ, who reveals the riches of his glory. And we've been satisfied with the riches of man. Now, I'll say this before I get into it. Remember when Satan fell? He came into the earth, he was thrown down, and within Satan was gold and silver, diamonds, and all those riches that are in the world were in Satan, in his embodiment. And now those things are in the earth. And, and the carnal man still seeking what was in Satan, in his body, and they're digging through the earth, they're looking for diamonds, they got blood diamonds, people will kill you for gold and silver, and those were the things that were in the enemy. Y'all not listening to me. Those were the allurements of the devil that got his head to become big. He says, look at me. And now he's thrown those goods into the earth. And man who calls himself born again are looking for gold, silver, and diamond. Money coming. You hear the doctrines now. That's satanic. Yes. Because God says the true riches can only be found not in the earth, but in Christ. Now watch this. Because the true riches, when God says that he sold he found a treasure in the field and he went and bought the whole field. By the Christ, the treasure was you and the world was the field. So to, to save you and to take care of you, God bought the whole world with the blood of his son, Jesus, just to redeem you. Lord, have mercy. So the treasure, <laughs> let me get into my teaching. I just, That was just in my spirit. I just wanted to share that with you. Because we're off focus, and when, when, you, when you're off focus, you strive for things that have already been given for you, given to you, and for you. How can you tell the world he can provide that. all your needs, and your needs aren't, aren't provided for? No, you needed to bring that forth, and you needed to continue that, because number one, you just opened something up for me. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this and what you said about what was in Satan and then how it went. This is something that this is this, this is the truth now. Yes, I know it. Jesus, Jesus said in John chapter 14, the last verse, the wicked one has come. But what he put in the earth, he can't find that in me. I have no desire for what he had. I created him with all that beauty and wealth and riches. The earth is mine in the fullness thereof and the people that dwell within. Why would I want something from him that's temporal when I'm offering you eternal weight of glory and value in your, in your journey with God? 
Do you see what I'm saying to you? And we so earthly minded, we become no heavenly good. Amen. Rather than be heavenly minded and bring uh, God's good into the earth. And so we got to get, we got to retrain our brain. Because we must remember everybody's born with a brain, but not everybody's born with a mind. No one's born. Your mind has to be developed. It's development through your, your, your families, your culture, your values develops your thinking. God says, let this mind be in you that was in my son. My son has my mind. My son has my word. And because my son has my word and my mind, my son can do my deeds. He can do heavenly things in the earth. I can give him my power and he won't take it for himself. He will not brand himself. He will not make of himself any reputation, but he'll go back and give me a greater glory for what I gave him and act like he has nothing to do with it. Don't tell anybody that I did these things because it might bring a reputation on me. And of myself, I cannot do nothing. But what I do do, I do for the glory of my father. See, and we haven't got there yet. We still want everything. We want to be notified. We want everybody to know I'm this guy carrying this heavy revelation today, you know, and I got all these goods and I, I prophesy and I, you know, I had people lining up and I prophesied to 300 people, praise God. And I did. Yeah, well, you know what? Okay, that's great. But what that got to do with anything? Did anybody get transformed? Has anybody, does anybody in that, line that you were prophesying to look like Jesus yet. Has anybody been transformed? See, we're too busy flashing and dashing the gifts that we forgot that's not our assignment. The gifts are tools we use to bring the people into transformation. Along the way, the gifts are perfect, but along the way, the people aren't. The people aren't perfect, but the gifts are. So what what, what is the fivefold ministry's purpose? It's to bring the people to a place where the gifts operate in the fullest of God's intention in the earth when character of the people match the level of the gifts and the character of the people represents the nature of God and the gifts represent the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There will be a move of God in the earth that will be legitimately moved. Uh, uh, what I said, I mean, I meant to say, a, a move of God that is genuinely being authored by the Holy Spirit himself. And we won't have to work up anything to get him to do anything. Cause it'll be an outworking process called maturity and full stature and measure, which this is what we're supposed Let me get to this thing here for a minute. Now uh, I want to talk about going into the Holy of Holies. And most of us don't know that's called the, that's, this is the part where we have a problem because this is the part where we face tribulation. Most people don't understand what I'm saying. When you get ready to go into the presence of God, I wrote down here earlier this morning that first of all, you got to be careful because God is a consuming fire. And okay, you got you got past the cross and that fire. Okay, Jesus, was, he suffered that for you. You didn't suffer at the cross. He did. And you got and you got past the water bowl. You know, you 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 know you gave up your sin and you you died to sin and you died to self. But the problem of it is, you still ain't faced God yet. You faced His ministers. You faced His gifts. Come on, you faced. Come on, you faced the fivefold representation of His government in the earth. But you ain't faced God yet because see that's in other words, the fire is identified. 
for me here in Acts chapter 14, 22. And this is some of the things that we need to, this is why people don't want a relationship with God at past the level of giftings, charismas. Now watch this. The fire, according to Acts 14, 22 says, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in faith that they must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. Much fire, much fire do you come into relationship. It's not easy getting into the throne room because when you get in there, you have to face the consuming fire. And you can't have any of that stuff, that soulish stuff in you when you face him because they cannot stand in the presence of a living God. This is why there must be discipleship. This is why there must be preparation. We got to quit rushing babies into the presence of God while they're still cussing and still doing nasty things. They can't come in there like that. I'm warning you. You're misrepresenting God when you make it too easy to come in there nasty and unclean and unprepared. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? No one ever entered into that hole. Yes, yes. They used to teach that a man had a rope around his ankle, and if he didn't do right, uh, the bell would ring, and they would pull him out because they knew he was dead. But that's a lie. That teaching never existed. That's a that's a fable because the man didn't go in there with the garment that had bells on it. He went in there with only the white breeches and the white top, which means the only way he could get in there is by the righteousness of God. He made him righteous just so that a man of God could have access to his presence. Now, listen to what I said. He made him righteous so he could get through the fire. I'm trying to make a point here. You can't get through the pot, the fire if you're not righteous. And so, for, so God would have the final say with you. He brings you into tribulation. I'm going to show you this thing. He brings you in. Don't He said, think of that strange. Don't be calling the prayer line up. Don't God is. Listen to me. This is your opportunity to get to know God for the first time. And you don't call nobody else up when you come. Don't think it's strange when you enter into this. This is the process of oneness with God. This is the process to bring you into the intimacy of reproduction. Unless you come in union with God, you can't produce the life of God. If the life of God don't get in you with the fire, then you can't come out with fire to help anybody else in the outward courts of God. Now, let me go on here because I'm mad at now. I got an attitude. Let me get out of here. And I'm not mad at any people when I say that. I'm frustrated at systems that misrepresent God and the church and his people. There are systems that won't allow God to go through tribulation and allow his people to go through. They want everything to be easy believism. You're not going to find God that way. Why do you think Paul said, I got, I got shipwrecked. I got all these things happen to me. But, oh, my God, they're light afflictions. Why? Because he had got access to the person of God through those things. Now, let me go on. So the nature of man needs to be purged by harassments and tribulations of all types so that, that he might have the incentive to incalculate uh, the nature of God, which is in Christ Jesus within himself. 
the veil, remember, there's three doors to the tabernacle. The gate, the door, Jesus, which is Jesus, the door into the church age. And then the veil, which has been rent, which gives you access to the Father now, which is court of the law, outward court, uh, uh, court of the Pentecost or the, the age of the church. And then the final, where we are now, is the age of the kingdom, which people don't want to address this at all. They're still trying to play church. That's why we have a mixture sometimes when I hear people talking and I'm talking, they're talking, they're still talking churchanity and I moved on into the kingdom and they want to pull me back into that old vernacular and I can't come back and talk about things I've left. Consider not the things that behind me, nor the things of old. Will you, will you not prepare yourself for the new thing I'm about to do? No, you won't because you got a religious mindset. You got religious systems that have been built up in your inner man. And those things won't allow you to see past the walls that those systems built within you. But Jesus comes back in Ephesians chapter two, says, tearing down every wall or separation that was between us. I have decided how to keep the walls down. What was that? I'm taking the two that were separated and I'm going to make them one new man. And I'm going to put that new man in Christ Jesus and come up with a new creation that will not be pulled apart by religious ideologies or mindsets. I'm going to create a man that is a Christ man. It's going to be a representative of my kingdom in the earth without mixture, without soulish pulls and ties, without any kind of worldly concepts or worldly constructs of thinking, but a man and woman of God who've become a new creation in the earth. And they're no longer talking about woman and they're not talking about man and they're not talking about black and they're not talking about white. I know your mind's renewed when you get away from the race card and you begin to talk about the human race. I know that your mind has been renewed when you begin to understand that God is moving on into eternity. Yes. Yes, he is. You may not want to go. You may not want to participate, but you're not always going to be temporal, upset, and disappointed in your journey. One day there will be a transformation in your life and you will never be the same again. And this is why you're on this journey. Glory be to God. Let me go on here. Let me move on. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I sometimes uh, the way the Lord whispers in my ear, because I'm a whispering prayer guy. I travail quietly. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. But I'm a. I'm a quiet person at home. It's hard to believe as much as I talk. And much as I laugh, I laugh all the, even at home. My wife and I, we laugh at each other. We're so funny. Well, she's crazy and I'm crazy. But we like to have fun. But you know what? I'm so serious about this. It's my bedtime meditation. It's my awakening in the morning. And while I was driving down here, preparing this morning for this program, I said, God, I really like to get this done right. Wouldn't it be good if I if I was able to be the man you wanted me to be? Wouldn't it be good if I could present you in the right? Uh, like uh, McGee taught the other day, bless his heart, about the mischaracterization of Jesus. Because you know, some people when they do art, they exaggerate the nose and the ears or the head. 
because it's a cartoonish type of artwork. He said, that's what we've done with the image of God in the earth. People don't know where, what Jesus is going to be like because we haven't presented an accurate presentation of his life. But wouldn't it be good if we did trust God to change us? And I think there's a distrust of Holy Spirit to change us. To be, we talk about it. But every time that one thing you don't want to give up, that hidden closet thing, that one bit of pride or that one thing that has to do with our ego, which edges God out. Whenever we don't want to be moved out of our little set doctrines and patterns of thinking, we inhibit the process of God to bring us to change. And we turn out that the devil's not our worst enemy and neither is your brother and your sister or your wife or your husband. It's you that prevent God from going further in terms of your transformation and revealing the sun in you. So the whole creation begins to ease up on the tribulation that it's groaning up under uh, right now because there is no manifestation of true sonship. We've gotten more interested in producing members and counting how many people are on our team and how many sons and daughters we have. And we even, and I don't do any, I don't recruit sons. And if you say I'm your dad, you're going to have to roll with me. I'm not rolling. You're going to have to pursue me now. I'm not pursuing my children, body of Christ. They must pursue me. Just like Elijah in Elisha's relationship. That man pursued his father. He wasn't talking about what well, he don't spend no time with. He pursued him and made him. That's spend time. right. Said, That's hey, right. Said, I'm, I'm getting ready to go over here. He said, uh, you stay here. He said, I ain't staying here. I'm going with you. And if we don't have that kind of pursuit, then you will never locate your real father. You That's gotta right. this thing, man. This this is not this is not funny games for fathers. I take my children seriously. I do too. I lay down my life for my kids. I want. I don't I, listen here. I don't play. I don't play. Count my kids. It's, you know. You know. We do any, many, my. I don't do any money more with this thing. This is real to me. But there's a processes of adoption. There is adoption. Everybody doesn't have to be born in my ministry for me to be their father, but you must allow adoption, the spirit of adoption to take place. And that's a process. It's not on a time clock because some people time you. Well, you ain't spending much time with me lately. Well, you busy and I'm busy. So we're not going to be able to spend time until one of us stops being busy. Hello here, Clarence. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Let me move on here. And so <laughs> I'm just, I've been doing this a while. I have sons, people that call me dad, they don't mean it, a lot of them, because they don't pursue. They want me to chase them all over town. And I give them material, and they never even give me feedback on the material. I give them, how are you going to say you're interested in what I'm doing and you're doing your own thing? That's right. That's we, right. We have to learn how to grow. And I'm not saying you have to do what I do. That's not what I'm saying, but at least show some kind of interest. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, man, I'm moving out of here. I'm getting ready to get another attitude. Let me move on out of here. And so your, attitude, your attitudes, your attitudes are good because what's happening is the attitude of God. And you're releasing it outside, uh, out of your inner man, because these are the things that need to be touched. And this is the kingdom of God way. So you just go ahead and do your and do what you're doing. OK, well, the last barrier between God and man was that veil. There's no more. That veil's been rent from the top to the bottom. So basically, everybody should have a vital, vibrant relationship with God, but they don't. Uh, 
I, I, I don't usually quote Barna or any of those kind. I don't believe in polls. And I think people shouldn't poll the Christians or how many pray who don't. I think it's, I don't like that because you don't know what you're talking about when they do a poll. They only poll 10 people. It's not that they polled all the Christians. I, I accurate polls when you let everybody have something to say. I don't like inaccurate figures and all that. But I will say this, uh, that there are many polls out today to say that pastors and leaders don't have a prayer life. Now, we got a problem here because that, if you don't have a prayer life, you don't have no life to give your members. That means you're not accessing the fire or the fire ran you away because you didn't want to have to go. You didn't know you had to go through this to be an accurate presentation of God. You thought that that Bible school degree, you thought that your doctorate, you thought all that stuff you accomplished in your own strength was going to be the way to get this thing done. You know, get her done type thing. But no, you didn't know that there was some fire to burn up those documents because you can't take those documents before God. You can't take Paul said all that I've accomplished being taught by Gomero, having all these accolades and things and how well I responded with enticing. He said, I can't use none. I count it as dumb that I might find the excellency that I might find in Christ. I counted no worthy, no value to my journey into this fire. See? And we're still bragging about all we've done. That means we haven't faced a real authentic fire yet. Because the only thing we would talk about had we gotten this fire, it would be him and him crucified, the son of glory, and there would be no longer be I. It would be Christ. And the life I now live, you would never hear about my life that I'd be so busy telling you about his. Or I wouldn't have to tell you at all because you would experience that outworking glory of having his life. So the church, I say this every time I come before you, my, my take is that we're moving too fast before we're fully equipped to do the work that God called us to do. Say I believe there are many that are equipped, but I believe because the lack of the five-fold ministry has been rejected by the church, the fact that it's been rejected has caused a hindrance and an impedance on the forward pro, uh, progress of the maturity of the average saint. We have many even baby pastors and baby leaders and even baby apostles in leadership roles who don't know, have an inkling of any idea about this fire that I'm talking about. They said somebody put me out of ministry and hurt my feelings. That ain't the fire I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fire coming in there with him, letting him strip you burn everything that you found to be valuable and find out it had no value. And the only thing he was after was you. So he could change you. He's oh trying to get rid God. of you. And we're not ready to get rid. We want, I still got some stuff I need to show you about me. You talking about getting rid of me. Do you know who I am? Have you seen my car? My God, my God. Have, have, have you seen my house yet? My Lord. And we're still talking about this stuff. My and, uh, Lord, Lord. Jesus never mentioned those things. He said, don't take no thought. Don't take no thought. Don't take no thought. And then every time you get on the prayer line, oh, Father God, I just pray now for my house, Lord Dina. And, Lord, and, and everything he said, don't take no thought. All the prayer lines are talking about those things. <laughs> about the stuff God said, don't think about. Now think about that for me. <laughs> That means they haven't been in and in having an, a, a, a Bible, a viable relationship 
in the most holy place, which is the kingdom. They're still out here in the outer court trying to seek some grandizement or some reward for being a Christian. Get my blessing. I'm gonna get my blessing. We've got some gonna get my blessing. Everybody gonna get their blessing. And the blessing is transformation to be changed to be <laughs> Christ yes. is a reward for the believer. It's not things, it's it's the life of Christ. Now, now, how much time do I have? We have we have about one minute. Oh well, I might as well not even try to do that thing. That's right. That, that's gonna happen on the next program. I want to let you people know this is an honor and this is a privilege. This is the reason. One of the things of it is is this God is 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 directing Apostle Cal to get into the uh, the, the, the nooks and the crannies of what it is that's going on. Most of the time, just as he said, what happens is we rush ourselves through things. I want you to let the people know that they need this program, that they need to hear what it is that he has to say. And he's going to be doing an hours program, uh, his program. What's the name of your program, Apostle? A, a, a New Creation Realities. But the one I'm going to be doing an hour is, is called The King's Table. The King's Table. And and remember, uh, the Tell It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way will be uh, back next week. Same time, same station with my brother, my friend, Apostle Cal. We will be doing this until God says we're finished. So bye-bye. We want to see you next week. Bye-bye. I'm a man in chains and bonds. Oh, my father. <laughs>